It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritimes and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. Now, it's time for three tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard, Josh Helmer, and Jackson Robottom. Well, and it starts right here with last week, Scotty Scheffler. Again. Donnie, I would imagine there's no way you're going to keep the people quiet. You're going to have to play this shot under noise. I think we might be in for a second drop. Might still be restricting his backswing. Second bounce got him right on the seam and it kicked forward instead of grabbing. But hasn't forgotten how to do it. Mammoth three. This goal is at 64, by the way. Not too shabby. Scotty, they chance. Number one in the world. So Scotty Scheffler, as we discussed last week, gentlemen, had the opportunity to track down number one in the world, and Brian, mission accomplished. Well, he did. He, he proved again that his short game is clutch when needed, and, you know, even though he didn't hit a great tee shot, you know, on 16, the ability to get it up a really tough up and down there, and then, you know, there's been a lot of controversy about these official world golf rankings and, you know, a lot of uh, Hank Haney and some of the higher, you know, more respected golf folks have weighed in. And, and I think there's some, some validity to it. Just the eye test right now tells me John Rahm's the best player. What are your thoughts, Jackson? It's it's really tough. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, we're getting into the stretch of golf where he starts to get really confident. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well, but Waste management was where it all started this last year, and Scotty's in contention again. But John Rahm seems to be having the best luck around the most consistent. He's the most consistent player right now, which by that measure, I mean, you're right. He could easily be considered the best golfer in the world. Scotty Scheffler is really close, though. And me and me and Josh were talking about this a little earlier that you know, there are three golfers that are kind of ahead of, ahead above the rest right now. John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler. And you could make arguments for all three, but John Rahm certainly playing like it, Josh. So the Scotty Scheffler file now looks like this, gentlemen. After last week, five PGA Tour wins, this, uh, his first this season, 30 top 10 finishes, five more runner-ups, five third-place finishes. He's uh, made the cut in 75 of 94 events, but really the, the five wins. Let's talk about those. As you mentioned, Jackson, it all started right here at the Waste Management Phoenix Open a year ago. So that was his first career PGA Tour win. Followed it up, of course, with the Arnold Palmer victory and then the, the Masters for a major championship and the WGC Dell Technologies match play win before this uh, Phoenix Open championship right here. I've got a ton of sound. Scotty Scheffler talking with 
Amanda Balionis and talking with the, the media afterwards. But before we jump to any of that, Brian, you, you sort of took me into the line of thinking that I wanted to explore this morning. There is, to me, a clear top three. Now, maybe part of the reason we wouldn't say top four is because we just haven't seen a lot of Cam Smith, right? But a clear top three with Scheffler, with Rom and McElroy, at least as it pertains to the PGA Tour. Scotty Scheffler, I'm kind of like you, Brian. I look at just the the sheer talent, and it, it has me leaning in John Rom's. Well, John Rom's won a couple of times already this season, but it has me lean in his direction just in general, and McElroy's direction too. When I'm talking about that current big three, just because I think those two guys, in terms of raw talent, maybe are a little bit ahead of Scheffler, but does he have a chance to surpass either of those two guys before it's all said and done? Yes. I mean, I think so. I mean, the, his game is fantastic. So, I mean, we're splitting hairs when you're arguing these three guys, right? You know, I do think Cam Smith, though, like you, you referenced, we haven't seen enough of him. And it'll be interesting to see how he plays when he's not playing near as many events, if that impacts his game positively or negatively. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in that whole discussion. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really, uh, open for debate, but, you know, it's hard to argue Scheffler hasn't earned it. And I do think that he's going to be a force in all the majors. Scotty Scheffler is one of those guys who's at this point, you would expect him to win at least one event year in year, year in, year out. Scotty Scheffler is up there as one of the most elite. He will secure his place as a top 10 player for the foreseeable future. Keeps playing like he's playing right now. And so that's not in debate, I don't think. Scotty Scheffler, if he keeps winning at the rate he's winning, though, I think he's on his third year on tour. I think this is his official third year on tour. And he's already got six wins. There's something to be said for the rate at which he's picking up wins. It's not it's not going to be Tiger-esque, necessarily. No one's going to be Tiger-esque in how he accumulated wins. But Scotty Scheffler is very clearly a cut above the rest, and there's very few that are going to be able to touch him as far as talent goes. And we have established the three that are kind of there right now. And Scotty Scheffler has a very, very good possibility of touching some of the elite records in golfing history before it's all said and done, Josh. 26, and if I'm remembering right, I had this and did not jot it down in my notes. I think he'll be 27 in June. So by – really just life standards and also by golf standards. Scotty Scheffler, young guy. He, he's got a lot of uh, teeing it up in front of him. Afterwards, again, he caught up with uh, the broadcasting crew, and it sounded like this. Scotty, what a difference a year makes. Last year you came in here looking for your first PGA Tour win. You leave this year with your fifth win, a major champion, regaining world number one and successfully defending this title. Can you put all of that into perspective, what this one means? Uh, not really. I'm just proud of how I fought today. I didn't uh, didn't have my best stuff. I, I grinded it out today. I wasn't hitting it good off the tee. My irons didn't feel as sharp, but I mean, I played a, a great round of golf today. You had your really good stuff on 16. No winner has ever bogeyed 16 and then went on to win. Talk about that par save. That was a big putt. You know, I'm really grateful. That one almost looked like it was going to be short for a while, but that putt was really fast. Just kind of kept on going, kind of like the putt I had here at 18 last year. And it was uh, definitely a lot of fun to see that one go in. 
I remember at the Masters last year, you kept telling me, yes, I don't, I feel as calm, cool, and collected as, as I appear, even though you then said afterwards that wasn't the truth. What does it take to deal with all of these fans, the constant adrenaline, the constant excitement, controlling your feelings until the very end? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really know how to put into words, but just try and stay calm and embrace the crowd when things are going well. I, you know, I started to build some momentum early today. You know, seeing some putts go in, I'm just, you know, really grateful with the result. World number one, does this one feel as good to you as you thought it would? Yeah, it feels pretty good. <laughs> and it should feel great. Indeed. Brian, the uh, remark that stood out to me from all of that was him saying, yeah, I really didn't have my good stuff today. And yet he went out and what, carded at 65 on winning day? Well, it's one of those courses that's uh, wide, you know, off the tee, and you can spray it around and still recover. And he got a couple of really good breaks when he hit it in bad places and it ended up being playable, whereas some of the other players in the field ended up being in it, you know, uh, one of those cactus-type bushes or, you know, in a place where you really didn't have much of a play. So he got fortunate there. But that's what great players do is when they don't have their best stuff, they find a way to post a good score. And that's what Tiger used to do a lot. If you remember in, in his prime, um, Tiger would often say, well, I didn't have my A or even B game today. And then you look up and say, well, he shot 67. That's what great players do is they find ways to post that score even when they don't have their best stuff. And courses like that allow you to do that. Clearly, when you get into a U.S. Open-type course or whatever, if you spray it off the tee like he did in the final round, he would have shot a blue million. So, Jackson, I mean, it, it, don't you – feel that way too about you know sometimes these guys that's why they're so good and great is that they can grind out around like that and turn you know uh you know what should be probably a three or four over into three or four five under yeah beyond a doubt i mean scotty scheffler is really good at managing his way around he's one of the things that scotty scheffler does very very well and what separates him like like what brian was saying is he knows when he gets into trouble he knows when to forego certain shot types, and he knows when to forego trying to take the unnecessary risks. If you're not shooting like if you're not shooting like a hero that day, if you're not shooting out of your mind, you've got to find the game that works. If you're fading the ball all day, you're going to start playing for a fade, and you're going to try and play it. Scotty Scheffler is very good at managing around the golf course. Course management is one of those things as you're learning the game of golf, really saves you strokes. And that was really what it was. It was damage control, but he still went out and shot really low by any normal golfer's standards. And Scotty Scheffler has been so good at that through, especially the last two years on tour. You know, last year he won four diff four different events, including a Masters tournament. In the Masters, he 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 tried his best on the final day to kind of goon it away from time to time, but he he came out and he did it very very well. Scotty Scheffler is so good and so, he has such a high golfing IQ when he goes out there and that has not diminished over the course of last season he's still going out there and playing really really well Josh so we've got so much this morning that we can dive into we're just scratching the surface right here on the gimme zone we haven't even discussed Tiger Woods yet obviously uh, he made the cut at the Genesis Invitational we've got a big time leaderboard that's stacked up with some names that have well, one of them that won this past week, Scheffler's right there toward the top of the board and some other names that are pretty exciting. I'm just thinking here as we talk, this gets back to our is he really the world number one question? 
We could kick it around. Is Scheffler the Masters favorite? Maybe he already was. Maybe he, he should have been the Masters favorite regardless just because he won there last year. But we can kick that around. And I should tell you, Mike Hearn from Anera Sports is going to join us. They uh, obviously are partnered up with Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club to put on the Compliance Solutions Championship. That's coming up, the uh, Corn Ferry Tour event this June. So that'll be fun. Bottom half of this hour, we'll get to catch up with Mike. And then Ben Lorenz, next hour, Oklahoma Sooners golfer, will join us to talk about his, his near miss at the Puerto Rico Classic. He almost had the individual championship, but, of course, Oklahoma, the uh, Sooners won the team title. So we are just underway he, ladies and gentlemen, is Brian Vineyard. He, ladies and gentlemen, is Jackson Robottom. Josh Elmer with you. Taking an opening timeout right here on The Ref. Hour number one. It's the Gimme Zone. We roll along right here. Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday to you. So happy to have you right here along for the ride with us on The Ref. The Genesis Invitational, by the way, is underway. Are we back going or are we still delayed right now for the, for the time being? I think as of now, we are just about caught up. I think they're finishing up round two, and they're going to start bringing out those uh, final times for round three, probably here in the next 30 minutes to an hour, somewhere in there. Beautiful. Well, the leaderboard as it currently stands, it's stacked up. Some interesting names toward the top of the board. Max Homa, who uh, obviously... Uh, has has won multiple times the last couple of years. He's 10 under par, 64 and 68 first couple of rounds. Keith Mitchell, 9 under par. That probably, I don't know, maybe doesn't move the needle as much for some out there. Same with Lee Hodges at 9 under par. But what about these names? John Rahm at 9 under par. Colin Morikawa, we spent a good bit of time talking about him last week. He is 8 under. Patrick Cantlay, 7 under. McElroy, 6. Kucher, Six under par, Gary Woodland, Danny Willett, Will Zalatoris. They're all five under par. And the aforementioned Scotty Scheffler sort of just lurking around at four under par. What uh, What's your guys' big takeaways here first couple of days gone by? Well, Josh, I think uh, a couple of things. One, Max Soma really likes this golf course. He's won here before. And... You know, this golf course is what you would call an old-style golf course. It was uh, built in 1926 by a guy named George C. Thomas, Jr., and he designed around 20 courses. And what you'll notice is there's a premium on iron play because the old-style courses all tend to have really small greens, whereas the newer-style courses that have been built in the last 30, 40 years tend to have a lot larger greens with more levels that accommodate, you know, you know, drastically different pin positions. And so you'll see golfers like Max and like Colin Morikawa that are really, really strong iron players excel on these courses where the greens are much smaller and there's a premium for accuracy on your approach shot. And that really checks out considering, I mean, you've got Patrick Cantlay up there. You've got Will Zalatoris, who's a great iron player. Tommy Fleetwood is up there in the mix. Sung J.M. is sitting right there at four under. Obviously, Scotty Scheffler hanging right around there. And we've been hearing all week on the broadcast for this tournament, it is a second-shot golf course, meaning that your iron play, your long game, and your approach shots are going to be what's going to take you to a victory here. And it, it puts a premium on accuracy, exactly like Brian said. And Max Homa, 
also, like Brian said, has won here before. This is a place he really, really enjoys. And seeing Max home up here is not surprising to anyone. Keith Mitchell has really come into his own this week. He played really well at the Waste Management. Uh, he has really started playing some good golf here, and it's good to see Colin Morikawa up here in the leaderboard as well, sitting at 8-under. But this is not an easy golf course for people who just like to bomb it and have no degree of accuracy. It's going to be a good finish. So similar to kind of last year with Scheffler, Max Homa, by the way, guys, he has, uh, in his own right, already won a couple of times this season at the uh, Fortinet Championship, if I'm pronouncing that right. Fortinet, yeah. Fortinet and the Farmers Insurance Open. So he's won twice already. This would be win number three. If you tack on a major championship to it, I mean, does he kind of have player of the year locked up and thrown away, sort of like Scheffler did early last season? Rom's, Rom's close, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, Josh. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Josh, I'm, I, I think, you know, there's a strong argument to be made that Max Homa, I think he's sitting at number 12 in the official world golf ranking. He is. But, but, but there's, there's a strong argument to say that, that he's one of those top five players and is starting to separate himself from a lot of the other guys that fall in that number five through 15 or 20, if you look at that group. And so, you know, why I don't think you, you can wrap up the player of the year that early, I think uh, the narrative probably helped Scheffler last year on that. But, and Rom was so dominant as an amateur, and so was Scheffler. And I think you're seeing that reemerge in their professional careers. And, and I just think, in my mind, John Rom is going to be the guy to beat this year. It just, it just looks that way. But, but Jackson, I'm really encouraged to see that, that you referenced Colin Morikawa and his coming around. He struggled a little bit with his putting, but he seems to be a little bit better. He's always been a great iron player. So, I, I, you know, I think we're going to have a great uh, season of stars, you know, taking over the game. Yes, and even if Max Homa wins this event, maybe tax on a major, the the Player of the Year award is going to go to a, a it's going to go to a handful of players, which seems small, but a lot of times it's pretty clear cut in the PGA Tour at the end of the season who's going to get that title. I don't think that's going to be the case, and I need to throw an apology Josh's way as well as Colin Morikawa's way because I was kind of ragging on him a little bit this last week we had our five golfers that i forget how it was phrased right but five golfers who could make a comeback and win this year yeah i think is what it was and i was kind of dogging colin morikawa i thought there was a lot more work to be done there colin obviously went to work in preparation for the genesis and he is he's playing some fantastic he didn't like golf the show week. last week he didn't he didn't did uh, not appreciate your comments no he didn't he went to work so maybe i motivated him maybe i didn't but Colin Morikawa is one of those guys. He could get hot later in the season. Obviously, he has he's won several events, including the Open. I mean, that's a place where he's won on the biggest stage. I mean, just outright. Colin Morikawa is going to be one of those guys later on in the season. I might look for him. If he keeps playing the way he is, especially look, look for him to be a threat in the match play coming up in a few weeks, it's going to be really tough to decide who player of the year contender is going to be Morikawa, Homa, if he wins this one, Rom, McElroy, Scheffler, Scheffler, obviously. And we don't know. The season's still young. Some different talent could also emerge and start separating itself, Josh. Yeah. Well, I just, I was just thinking about that. That would be interesting if he would already 
run his count up to three. Just a little bit more on Max Homa, and then we'll move on. And I know there's Tiger Woods to, of course, talk a little bit about this morning as well. What is it about Max Homa that has clicked? Because not that he's an old guy, but he's 32, and it took a little bit to win on tour. His first victory was at the Wells Fargo Championship back in, I believe, 2019. And since, well, he's added five more to that. So now he's got six career PGA Tour wins. And, oh, by the way, he's won four times the last couple of seasons here. So it seems like clearly he's figured something out. He's got a couple of courses that he plays really, really well at, Brian. Matter of fact, if he wins this week, which you referenced this with his previous win at the Genesis, if he wins this week, six of his seven wins would have come at three Three courses, three championships, the Wells Fargo, the Fortinet Championship, and then uh, obviously this right here being the Genesis. But all of that being said, look, I I see somebody that's won four times the last couple of years. Clearly something's gone right, and I'm just curious, what do you think has clicked with Max? Well, Josh, you know, I heard an interview that he did, and a lot of it he said it was just finally believing in himself and getting that belief that he was an elite player, not just – a guy on the PGA tour that he could be the best of the best. And, and so I believe that, but the other thing, and we've talked about this in previous shows is that as these guys, you know, get some years of under their belts on the uh, PGA tour, they start really figuring out which golf courses that they like and play well. And, and you'll see, if you look back in history of these tournaments, you see a lot of multiple winners on the same golf courses. That's because certain, you know, certain golf courses fit guys' games better than others, and 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 I think that that's certainly a case for for Max Homa. And if you look at his strokes gained as well, his strokes gained average, which is kind of the 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 data measuring tool for the PGA Tour, his scrambling is significantly better than it has been. He has been doing so well with his short game here. Around the green, he's up to rank number twenty four in the world. And he was significantly lower when he first started on the tour. So that's an area of work that he started going to work. That's an area of his game where he started going to work on. Max Homa has really dialed in his game to a point where he knows exactly what he's going to be doing, which is why on courses where the accuracy and the need to be able to save yourself comes into play, Max Homa is going to be one of the guys to watch. He's getting so much better year in, year out, around the greens and getting closer to the green with those short irons and then putting the wedges in his hand. He's been very, very steady these last couple of seasons. And who knows? We might be talking about him after 36 more holes. He's obviously the 36-hole leader right now, solo leader. But who knows? In 36 more, we might be talking about him a third title this season. Taking a break, Mike Hearn of Anera Sports joins us next to preview the Corn Ferry Tour coming to Norman right here at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. And uh, he'll share a lot of the, the work that goes into really just putting the event on. I mean, there's uh, people that make this thing happen. It's not just show up and everything's magically done. So we'll talk with Mike coming up in just a moment right here on The Wrap. Back with you, the Gibby Zone rolls along. We are fired up to welcome in our next guest right here. On the Gimme Zone, it's Mike Hearn from Anera Sports that slides in to join us. Anera Sports uh, working in conjunction with Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club to put on what is an awesome, awesome Corn Ferry Tour event coming to Oklahoma in June, coming to Norman in June, the Compliance Solutions Championship. Mike, first off, uh, thank you so much and good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. 
How fired up are you to be a part of this? I know you guys have a, a ton of Im- important, amazing partnerships at Anira Sports, but how fired up are you about this one with Jimmy Austin, OU Golf Club, and obviously with the Compliance Solutions Championship to bring this event to Jimmy Austin and to Norman? Yeah, I mean, we are fired up. Obviously, first time the Corn Prairie Tour has come to Oklahoma. We're 120 days out. You know, um, the community is ready. And, and I know we had a great volunteer party last week, uh, and we're excited to to put on this golf tournament. We're excited to show the Corn Prairie Tour um, Oklahoma. Obviously, Oklahoma is a huge golfing state. We have a lot of OU and OSU alumni in the field. You know, Reen Gibson winning last week in Columbia. I mean, Oklahoma's hungry for golf. So, yeah, we're, we're pumped. What uh, what type of field do you think is going to be here for this Corn Ferry Tour event? I mean, I just look at it and I say, wow, this is amazing for Norman, but the type of talent, can you just speak to the type of talent that fans are going to be able to come out and watch in this event? Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, obviously the Sooner fans are going to come out for, to support their alumni, you know, uh, Chris Goddard and, and all the guys who, who played, you know, are still on the tour. But, you know, as far as just talent over the, the history of the tour, you know, we had 600 alumni victories on tour uh, and 13 major championships, you know, and, and you look at last year's PGA championship in Southern Hills, you know, Will Zal Torres is a product of the Corn Ferry tour loses in a playoff to, uh, to Justin Thomas. And then current world number one, Scotty Scheffler is, uh, you know, is a, is a proud product of the Corn Ferry tour as well. So there's no shortage of, uh, of golfing talent coming to Norman in June. Hey, Mike, thank you for coming on this, Brian. I really appreciate it. And, hey, and we're really looking forward to partnering with you to help promote this event. And tell us a little bit about uh, what your company does and how people that are interested in, in not only pr- uh, participating and viewing the event, how they might be able to work at the event. Yeah, so Anera Sports is kind of, you know, it's, it's a management company, right? So so we manage uh, this golf tournament and another one, uh, another conference tournament called the Veritex Bank down in uh, down in Texas, as well as some other golfing organizations. Uh, they recently hosted a tournament in Spain for the Concession Cup. So very centered in golf. Uh, the founder of the company uh, ran the Texas Golf Association uh, for, a num- for, for a number of years. So we're, we're huge golf fans, you know, and we want to throw events and want to, want to make these events the best events possible. Uh, but that, those events don't happen without volunteers. And, you know, I grew up a kid playing golf. I would volunteer when, when any tour came to town because it is the best way to see golf. You're standing inside the ropes. You're walking with the players. If you're a score, you know, if you're a scorer, if you're holding, you know, a quiet sign, you know, a quiet police sign, you're standing on a tee box inside the ropes. So, you know, for, you, you're getting an unobstructed view to, to some of the best players in the world and some of the future world number ones. And it's, you know, in my, in my opinion, as a golfer, and I'll be honest, as an absolute golf nerd, you know, it, it's fun to be inside the ropes with these players and build relationships. And, you know, the Corn Ferry Tour isn't going to get the amount of people coming out like, you know, we see in this weekend at Riv. So you're getting a lot closer action to the players. Um, but you know, it doesn't happen without volunteers. It doesn't happen with the catering staff that's going to be out there feeding everybody, you know, keeping the beers cool on the coolers and whatever it is. So, you know, the community, if they want to get involved, um, you know, go to the Compliance Solutions website, uh, Compliance Solutions Championship website, and, you know, you can sign up to volunteer. And you don't have to sign up all week. If there's, you know, if it only helps you to sign up on the weekend because you work nine to five, then you can work the weekend. And, 
as well, you know, if you're part of the community and, and the, the Norman Chamber has been a huge help, Scott at the Norman Chamber and everyone there has been a great help getting the word out that this isn't just about golfers coming out to support golf. You know, we've got people in the community that just want to help out, right? They want to put on this event and they want to show the world or show the Cornfrey Tour and the PJ Tour that Norman is a great place to host an event. So we've got, you know, volunteer needs for people to, you know, check credentials, get people through the front gate. If you're not a huge fan of golf, but you want to volunteer, there's definitely places for you. And yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't be more excited to, to see us host this event, especially in June at Jimmy Austin. So yeah, volunteers, is, we, we definitely need volunteers for sure. Mike Hearn of Anera sports is hanging out with us right here on the gimme zone. So as casual golf fans, or even, even nuanced golf fans, they see the magic of the tournament, right? They see the tournament itself in action, in swing. Maybe they even even our nuanced golf fans. Maybe they don't know everything that goes into the process of putting a tournament on. So when you say at an era sports that you guys handle all aspects of the event management for a tournament, just help the general fan understand a little bit. What exactly does that mean and what all does that entail for you? Yeah, so every golf tournament, um, you know, people just don't show up and play golf, right? There's there's a lot of things that go into it. There's catering, that the players have to be fed, the caddies have to be fed, the people attending have to be fed. There's parking situations. Uh, I believe we're gonna we're gonna park across the street and we're gonna shuttle all the you know the fans in to watch the golf. There's security. There's people have got to build infrastructure as well. You know, it's. Um, just thinking of, of having a cooler on every other tee box for the players. Someone's got to run ice bags to keep those those waters clean, right, all day. It, it's June in Oklahoma. Um, but also, you know, we've got hospitality being built, and, and we have to, as I'm sure everyone knows in a state, the moment that, that we're at is it doesn't take, you know, 30 days to get everything together. This stuff has to be planned out and, and getting infrastructure in and building hospitality tents doesn't happen overnight and you know there's events like this all over the country and we need to get our fair share of materials in to make this you know the most successful tournament we can make and and also it comes down to you know money too we've got to raise sponsorships we've got to raise you know dollars for to pay for these vendors to pay for all of this you know equipment that's coming in we have a great partner in Compliance Solutions who've signed up, you know, uh, committed to five years of this tournament, which, you know, for me is the most exciting because every year we get a chance to build on on the previous year and go forward. And that's a great thing. And, and I think that the community is really going to rally around that and take ownership of this event over the next five years. But, you know, it, it doesn't happen without sponsorship dollars. It doesn't happen without volunteers. So there's, a, there's definitely a lot that goes into it. And I, I don't want to bore you with all the logistics, but, you know, you, you just look at one hole out there and, and you can see 10 different things, 10 different businesses that are involved, whether it's a suite, whether it's catering, you know, whether it's scaffolding that's come in to build the infrastructure, where, whether it's a volunteer that's walking with the group. I mean, there's so many things that go into this and, you know, it, it makes me proud to work on a team that, that puts on a successful event like this. Mike, what about Jimmy Austin makes this the perfect location for a Corn Ferry Tour event? I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know how involved maybe Anira Sports was in selecting a, a location, but now that it's at Jimmy Austin, how cool is that? And, and why is Jimmy Austin a perfect venue for this? Yeah, I mean, it is cool. You're right. It's, um, you know, obviously it's OU's golf course and, you know, it's, 
as much as some of some of the people to the further north don't want to say that, that's the fact. Uh, you know, it, it is it's a great golf course on its own, regardless of whose university golf course this is. You know, this is one of the greatest golf courses in the state. Um, you know, the going to Tulsa, I think, doesn't make sense due to previous events that are up there and also other events. You know, going back to back, I don't think Southern Hills would have been a great idea. Who doesn't want to play at Southern Hills? But it just makes sense. We're right in the middle of the state. It's a great place for golf. Um, you know, the, the state has a great reputation for producing fantastic golfers, not just from OU, OSU. I mentioned Reed and Gibson just a little bit ago. He went to Oklahoma Christian. I mean, we just love golf here. It's easy to get to. The community's great. There's plenty of places for the players to stay, you know, hotels, there's food. You know, it, it, it just makes sense, right? Like, it's very easy to get in and out of Norman, Oklahoma. Well, we think it's going to be a great event, and like you said, I can't wait to just watch how this continues to grow and grow over the next five years. One more, Mike, and then uh, we'll let you run and and get back to, you know, important things like enjoying your Saturday. But uh, beyond just the Compliance Solutions Championship, you guys at Anera Sports have some incredible partnerships. So tell us a little bit more about some of those. What do uh, the Amateur Golf Alliance, the College Players Tour, the Transmiss Golf Association, and the Veritex Bank Championship? I know you talked a little bit about the Veritex Bank Championship, but just all of those partnerships. You don't necessarily even have to go one by one, but just your incredible partnerships. What do they mean to you? They mean a lot. I mean, obviously, amateur golf is the heart of the game. And, you know, I started playing golf when I was six years old. And if it wasn't for organizations, you know, like the Transmiss or Texas Golf Association or all these, you know, associations, which predominantly the people who run those associations, you know, they do it because they love golf. They do it because they were once a young kid who picked up a club in their, you know, grandparents' backyard and started whacking balls around. So it's great to be involved with amateur golf. Um, I'll touch on one of the events because I've had the experience of playing in it. It was the the Concession Cup, which is one of the Amateur Golf Alliance's events. And Concession Cup is effectively a mid-amateur and senior amateur version of the Walker Cup. And it's now basically they've they've been they've brought Europe into it too. So it is now formerly you know the mid-am version and the senior amateur version of the Ryder Cup. And last year it was at Valderrama. And the you know Team USA travels all the way to Valderrama to play against Team Europe in in a Ryder Cup style format for amateur golf. Um, you know it's it's a huge organization. They do it every other year, like the Ryder Cup and like the Walker Cup. So you know to see amateur golfers and mid amateur golfers as well be involved in events like this and jump on a plane to go to to Spain to represent their country. I mean, you know. It, it's really cool, but it's also really cool to, to bring those events to countries in Europe and also states over here. I, when I played it, it was in Florida. And, you know, you're going down to Florida. And, you know, if you haven't caught on to the fact I'm not from here yet with my accent, I, I, played, <laughs> for the, I, I played for Team GP and we got absolutely battered. But the tournament was, was incredible. And, you know, it's great to put on, you know, when you're an amateur golfer and you're watching the Ryder Cup or you're watching big events, you know, the President's Cup, you want to be involved and, the Amateur Golf Alliance does that for amateurs. So you just have to be good enough to qualify to, to play. Uh, but again, that's on you. But yeah, the amateur golf, is it's the heart of, you know, it's the feeder, it's the heart of, of the golfing world. Not everybody gets to play in PGA Championships and, and play top-level golf. So, you know, it's, it's the lifeblood of the game. And I, I think the more that we can do to build that up, then the better the sport is going to be going forward. 
Well, Mike, you guys are doing obviously some amazing things for the game of golf with uh, Anera Sports and obviously doing some amazing things bringing this uh, Corn Ferry Tour event to Norman, Oklahoma. We can't wait. We're excited to be partnered with you to help promote this. And just thanks again so much for your time. Thank you, gents. Appreciate what you do and happy Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mike Hearn with Anera Sports, and you have a wonderful Saturday as well. Let's take a break, come back, update the leaderboard for you at the Genesis Invitational, and we'll have more discussion on Scheffler, on Tiger Woods. We haven't talked about Tiger yet this morning. All of that and more to come. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Back with you, our number one, it's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Josh Elmer alongside Jackson Robottom and Brian Vineyard. Man, how uh, how good was Mike Hearn jumping in here from Anera Sports to uh, promote up the Compliance Solutions Championship? It's going to be so fun. I'm so happy that the city of Norman is going to get this kind of an event. It's going to be really, really cool. Do you guys, uh, either of you, have a rooting interest, by the way, at the, the Genesis? I mean, I think obviously a lot of people would like to see Tiger Woods play well, but uh, probably it's just a jump-for-joy situation that he – even made the cut uh i said uh i didn't think that there was any chance he was making the cut and that was uh from the realm of incorrect last week but these guys that are at the top of the board do do you have a rooting interest brian this week well you know there's so many good players uh up there you know i kind of would like to see colin morikawa win because i think he, with his youth, represents a big piece of the future of the game. Jackson, thoughts? I have a, I have a personal. Just I love watching Will Zalatoris play well. So Will Zalatoris is at five under right now. He's off at twelve twelve Central Time. So that's our. I I love watching Will Zalatoris play well. There's just something about his game I like. He's got an he's got an ever present thorn in his putting that I like seeing him overcome. Obviously, he went on short putts. He has the tendency of taking that putter back really inside to the left, and that's something he's he's been he battles. And I like seeing players that have to battle something play very very well. So I I want to see Will Zalatoris play well this week. So some of the key tee times coming up. Uh... Well, in about an hour, most of the the big names will start going off as soon as we sign off, a matter of fact. Fleetwood and Lowry, they're both four under par. They will tee off right at, uh, let's call it noon. Let's round down. It's technically 12.01 according to uh, the tee times. Scheffler and Zalatoris, that is a 12.12 tee time. Uh, Woodland, a part of uh, that trio as well. McElroy, Kucher, Willett at 12.23. Cantlay. Morikawa and Lee Hodges at 12:34, and then our final trio is Homa, Mitchell, and Rom, and that is a 12:45 start time for uh, that trio out west. Who am I rooting for? Drama. <laughs> I'd like to see uh, anything. Anything dramatic's good with me. I like Max Homa, so I'd be cool if uh, he just kind of went wire to wire on this thing because I think he's one of the the coolest personalities on tour. But beyond that. From a storyline standpoint, I'd love to see McElroy and Rom come down the stretch dueling. I'd love to see Scheffler, even on the, uh, you know, even on the heels of winning again last week. I just I'm here for the big three conversation. So if it turns into that tomorrow, I think that'd be pretty exciting, Brian. 
No, it would be. I mean, it'd be great for TV for sure. And, uh, you know, the PGA Tour obviously is rooting for that because, you know, Liv will start getting more uh, focused next week as they kick their tour off. And so it'll be interesting. But, I, you know, I don't think Scheffler can get there, but he's, uh, he's gone long on the weekend before to prove me wrong. Yeah, he's probably too far back, probably, unless something – unless something ugly happens to the the top of the board on this moving day. Hey, that's it for hour number one. Thank you to Mike Hearn of Anera Sports for joining us. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods played a little golf this week. Let's talk about it next right here on the Gimme Zone.